The film and TV show is part of Bridpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BridpodScene.com or follow Bridpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Films. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV shows. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV show. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. Television. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV. I love this film. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Film and TV Show with me, Richard S. And joining me as always is Alex. As always. As yeah. always. <laughs> very stalwart-like. I'm I'm the bad penny you just can't get rid of. I wouldn't want to get rid of you. <laughs> I wouldn't want to get rid of you. It makes it for so much more entertainment. Yeah, it's bouncing ideas off me. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um... It's quite nice out today. It's not that bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's, it's all uh, right. It's good weather. This is. is turning into the weather channel, really. But yeah, like, it's fine. No, it's... But uh, but yeah, so fresh on the heels of last week's uh, podcast on yeah, Field of Force Field Day. Of Force. It's been absolutely amazing, the feedback we've got from that, from people that listen to mm. uh, the podcast, but also people who have never listened to us before and are listening to us now, which is great. I had one person who sent us a message and basically just said, you guys are hilarious. I mean, like, I didn't even speak a word, to be it honest. It wasn't even us, though. No, it was all yeah, Jake. But I think they mean from some of the other <laughs> other podcasts, because a, like, a lot of the downloads have gone up now, which is great. That's good. And we're on almost 128,000 subscribers. Sweet. Across, uh, pod, we're on Podbean. Didn't realise, but apparently we're on Podbean. Yeah, okay. yeah. So shout out to those people on Podbean. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So, oh. yeah, which is really good. Um, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's been really good feedback, actually, from there. I'm actually quite uh, I'm quite impressed, awesome. to I'm, be honest. I'm so, just generally looking forward to Field of Force Day. It's going to be, be amazing. It's going to be amazing. If you don't know what we're, what we're talking about in terms of Field of Force Day, <laughs> just, just Google fieldofforceday.com yeah. um, uh, and listen back to our previous podcast, which was with the, uh, the founders, which was absolutely hilarious. And if you want to know what uh, happened to the kebab, and uh, about hmm. uh, what people think about Pontypridd, yeah. then go and have a listen. Uh, but tonight we're going to be talking about books that we have read yeah. between you and I. Um, the Hungry not, Caterpillar. <laughs> no, that, that we would like to see as TV shows or as films. Yeah. Um, we did actually do this back in uh, in May. <laughs> yeah, but let's, it didn't let's explain how that... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so what happened was... I, I didn't hit the record button. Yeah, there's a big button that says record, <laughs> and you just failed to press and it. And I failed it. So so we did the show, and mm. it was great, Yeah, <laughs> but we couldn't put it as a podcast. So we're going to we're gonna revisit it, and we're going to do it again today, but we're, obviously we don't know whether it'll be the same just or not. Just double check it is recording today, yeah? Yeah, it's definitely recording. Okay, fantastic. Definitely recording, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we're going to be talking about film books that we would like to be made into films or TVs. Mm. Uh, and to go along with this podcast will be an additional podcast of an interview that I did with uh, Rob Radcliffe, who is a British author um, who does sci-fi, fantasy, lad-lit, and general laugh-your-bollocks-off type stuff. Yeah. So... Um, and I'll go into some of his books because, you know, the reason that we want to do this is because I, I love his books. Yeah. Uh, and also interviewing him as well will help push uh, push him a little bit further out. I mean, he's successful anyway, but it's always good to coattail, <laughs> to ride exactly. on someone's coattail. Nice. Um, but he's he's such a lovely guy. Um, but I won't go first. 
this time. What, I'll, allow, right now? I'll allow you to go first. Okay. So you can talk about um, one of the books that you've read that you want to see made into a film or a TV show <sighs> and who you would cast. Okay, so I brought this up last time. It's probably my strongest idea. Uh, it's one that I'm most passionate about as well. Um, recently, like, D&D has been sort of coming back in a big way, Dungeons yeah. & Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Um, for those, for those in the, who, who aren't in the know, D&D yeah. is uh, Dungeons & Dragons and not a new name for some uh, very absurd sexual kinky terms. <laughs> no one was thinking that up until you mentioned it. Yeah, but... <laughs> well, now they are. Now okay. they are. I just got D&D'd, yeah. Um, anyway, so, yeah, D&D's coming back. Like, you've got some podcasts uh, that are... Uh, pretty popular at the minute you've got people on youtube doing uh sort of live shows they're coming up at like comic cons and other different like conventions where they do like live panels where they just have a session um and generally i think it's become a bit more accepted uh geek culture in general general is yeah. a bit more accepted these days than it was about five ten years ago well you've had a couple of tv shows um that, have, that quite recently have had D&D in it and they've been yeah. playing D&D as part of a way. Stranger Things yep, being exactly. one of them, you know. Um, I can't remember what the other one was that I was watching, but they they got into, ah, iZombie. They really get into D&D oh, on yeah. iZombie in the latest series. Um, I sort they, of they, fell away from iZombie recently, but it's just one of those things that you can put on a back burner until the full series is yeah, out. Yeah, you can just catch up. But yeah, but they've been rocking it quite hard in in there actually, mm. which is quite good. Um so it has been it has come back that and Warcraft seems to be quite quite prominent now on the con yeah. scene but also kind of in TVs and, and in films as well. Exactly. And so I was just thinking because the only real well the true sort of D&D uh, type things that have come out for like movies and stuff they've all been kind of campy kind of silly uh, maybe a little over the top we had uh, that old school Dungeons and Dragons movie with Jeremy Irons hell yes <laughs> if anyone actually remembers that but yeah we, we've had that but like um, Game of Thrones has so certainly changed television uh, and you could if you look at the earlier sort of work with Game of Thrones where it's more character based where it's centralized to plots and different things like that um i would like to see a D&D tv show that uh takes it a bit more in the realms of like political intrigue uh similar live to like live action or yeah animated? yeah live action um you could do animated to be honest uh, there's there's loads of different animated shows coming out and like Netflix and everything. But oh, yeah. You mean you've got the... Uh, is it Disenchantment? I hate that, but yeah. It's Futurama, basically, with a princess and a... It's a bit a... boring, though. Do you know what? I actually like it. I think it's actually quite all mm. right. But then it, it's really just Futurama with... Yeah, I think with, it's just because nothing's like really world. changed for me. Like, as in Matt Groening's style, his like artwork, his humour, it's never really changed. Yeah. And I think times change, and he needs to sort of adapt with it and... Like it's okay for a laugh, but to me, like there's better animated shows out there that I'd rather watch. Yeah, Rick and Morty. Um, Rick and Morty, uh, Paradise PD is a yes, new one. Yes, that's hilarious. I I've, can't stop watching that. That's insane. It's, it's absolutely insane. Absolutely. But, but um, off yeah, topic. Yeah, D and D. Live action would be cool. Uh, just something to treat it with a bit more respect, um, because a lot of the times when you get like sci-fi channel or something doing a fantasy movie it looks cheap it looks tacky and the storyline's predictable and horrible uh, and generally i think there's a lot more scope within D D. that's got like a whole ton of history that you could use 
uh, for stories. And yeah, I think people could uh, treat it as like the next Game of Thrones, but far more uh, open-ended rather than basing it off of a solid book series that has a beginning and end. Yeah, less fighting and fucking, more just kind of... Well, you could you could have fighting and fucking. It's just a case of like a bit more... Uh, well, this is where I go completely in reverse of what I've just been saying. You could have a little bit more lighthearted, not the end of the world type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's more political rather than like, oh, the ice zombies are coming. Yeah. yeah. yeah but then Game of Thrones is over at the end of next year anyway. So You say this, but apparently there's a prequel series coming as well. Of course there's a prequel series because there's always a prequel series. <laughs> there's always a prequel film. Yep. There's always a prequel of a prequel. It, it's it's never ending. They just it, don't it, ever... Yeah. Um, if it makes money, they're going to keep doing it. Of course they are. But are they going to spend the same amount of money on it, though? That's the thing. Only time will tell. Well, yeah. Um, but no, I'd, I'd definitely think, uh, you know, taking the original source material of D&D mm. and actually doing it as a, as a TV show live action would be good. Who would you have in it? I mean, let me guess. You're going to pick the kids from Strange, uh, Strange Things? No, 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 no. Uh, good I'd job. be going... Um, the thing is, like, everyone sees fantasy uh, or or what they say is high fantasy as English accents. So you could cast a whole load of brand new English actors straight from the drama schools. If it works, keep them on. If it doesn't work, kill them off. Quite simple. Well, yeah. Um, you could open it up to cameos from all different places. There, there's places that are like uh, China in in D and D. There are places. Is that where they can stick Matt Damon in? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, to save them all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and there's just, like, loads of different races, so you could put different accents in there. You could have Americans come in if you needed it or if, like, a particularly famous one wanted to star in yeah. it. But in terms of, I don't think it's a matter of, like, big-name actors that you want to cast because if you want to keep it going, a bit like Game of Thrones, you well, want to cast some slightly unknowns. Well, there was quite a lot of unknowns in there. I mean, you, yeah. had, you had one chick from Coronation Street. Yeah, she's still exactly. in it, but I mean, you know, and you had uh, that that guy from EastEnders <laughs> was in X Men Apocalypse. The uh, he played f- uh, uh, what's his name? Ian Bill's son, Ben Hardy. Oh, the Angel guy, the Archangel, yeah, guy, yeah, the yeah new, he was in EastEnders, the New Angel, yeah. Oh, strange. do you know what I mean? So did not know that, but he was he was just a nobody in that. So yeah. it's you know it's it, it's all it's all a bit. I think casting it's down randoms to, yeah. would be good. Yeah, it's, it's best to do that in terms of like long-running shows because you don't want to end up paying someone through the nose. No. No, of course you don't. And you you want to try and keep your costs down, which is what you can see the difference in Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly, because they can spend it elsewhere on the effects and things like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Good. Okay. Um, so my one, mm. I want to talk about um, the first book I ever read from Rob Rob Radcliffe, <laughs> uh, which was Meat Market. Yeah, uh, and there is a and, and there's a series. He's he's writing a series of books. So you've got Meat Market, you've then got Barman, which is a sequel to Meat Market. You've got Escorting Eric, which is basically Meat Market, but from the other character's perspective, and it's okay, not even cool. the, it's not even the same book. There's only about four chapters, which we we say on the podcast. Um, on the interview, is that there's only four chapters in that entire book that actually are in 
meat market. So it's almost like a semi-crossover. It's just like sort a point of, of yeah. reference. It's sort just, of yeah, it's just a different POV, really. And then he's got one that he's writing at the moment, which is a sequel to Barman. So that'll make four in the series. Now, I read Meat Market. I stumbled across it for uh, just randomly mm. um, in the humour section on Amazon. Yeah. And I thought I'd download it because it looked quite quite funny. And I read the blurb and I was like, do you know what? That actually sounds pretty funny. And it was. <laughs> it was it was absolutely hilarious, honestly. Uh, I just couldn't stop reading it. It's basically about a guy who loses his job, his girlfriend and his dog, uh, all in one day. Sounds like a Western song. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then um, and he's always wondered what his mate does. His mate, Stu. His name is Greg. He's a very shy, timid guy. And his mate Stu is very outgoing, you know, Jack the Lad. He's mm. always got money. Yeah. Uh, so he asks him about what he does for a job. And Stu tries to put him off and says, you know, oh, I just work <laughs> I work in the city. He's like, yeah, but you always go around. And it turns out Stu's actually a male escort. <laughs> so it's basically uh, all about Stu and Greg helping Greg to become a male <laughs> escort, basically. Yeah. And it's very situational comedy, very... Um, very hilarious, very lad-lit. So uh, that's how Rob would describe it himself, uh, as lad-lit. And it's it's absolutely hilarious. I'd love to see it as a film, purely because I think that we could actually do with a film like that. Mm. I mean, he himself would like to see it as a Netflix TV series, and, and I could totally see it as a TV series. I think having it as a film first, yeah, and then expanding the universe of it okay so like having the sort of opener as a movie and then uh, yeah. having series maybe doing the other books or something yeah kind of like the reverse entourage <laughs> where yeah. they did the tv series and they did the really piss poor film yeah um but doing it the other way so having the film first and then using the source material of barman escorting eric and the new book as a way of opening up a whole new tv series yeah um for the film i would cast like you, I'd cast random, you know, newbies, like fresh out of um, acting school, or not yeah. even not even people that are actors, people that have lived life and haven't gone to acting school or haven't done this, that, and the other, and just kind of, you know, people who are naturally those characters. Because <laughs> so Gerard Butler then. <laughs> oh yeah, Gerard Butler brooding across the screen. Fucking hell! All that guy does is brood. Hmm. Uh, seriously, the guy needs to get a hobby, <laughs> not acting. I think he's just got a massive student debt that he needs to pay off. That's Quite why he's possibly. choosing so many bad movies. Yeah, I mean, his last one, Geostorm, holy shit. <laughs> Should be called Shitstorm. <laughs> Shitstorm. Anyway. And that's a movie I would go and see. <laughs> uh, well, it can't be any worse than Sharknado. Hmm. Anyway, going off topic. Uh, can you imagine if that shit was a book? What, Shitstorm? <laughs> Or Sharknado. Or Sharknado. <laughs> uh, I, w- I would be interested to read anything that was written about a Sharknado. Yeah. The last film, by the way, they go back in time. That's how shit it's got. It's like Sharknado Hasn't 100 or David something. David Hasselhoff in it? Yeah, David Hasselhoff, Tara Reid. She obviously needs more work done. So No, I think there's a limit to how much plastic you can put in a human body. She's um, more machine now than man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I still would, though. Just That's because you're an animal. Well, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, you yeah. you are the shark. <laughs> yeah. If there's blood in the water. <laughs> oh, mate, lower the tone. Never, ever, ever. Anyway, back <laughs> onto subject. Um, yeah, I I would just want to take normal people to do the roles because the roles of Greg and Stu they're 
when you read the books, and I urge anyone to go and read the books because they are hilarious, male, female, doesn't matter. They are still brilliant, and you can mm. you can definitely you definitely have a stew a, remi- in your group of friends. Yeah, it reminds me of like the way you describe it as a bit like um, Full Monty, but done more modern and with a slightly different. Yeah, tone. yeah. I mean, I'd say it's probably more up to date Full Monty, but it's it's kind of centered just around. Greg and Stu and the situations that got. I mean, honestly, there's one part of it where Greg is is kind of meeting his first client as right. such, mm. and she's an absolute animal. Like she literally rips him <laughs> limb from limb in the bedroom. She absolutely mauls the poor guy. But she's working for this undercover um, show that is trying to get the the lowdown on um, male escorts. <laughs> So he's being filmed <laughs> and he doesn't realise that he's being filmed. And she's, this woman is an absolute freak. I mean, the detail that Rob goes into is hilarious, but she's an absolute freak. And it's, I was literally wetting myself. <laughs> Do you know ages, well, not ages ago, but the one that we did about creative writing? Yeah. And about writing about what you know? <laughs> yeah. Is Rob trying to... <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, I did ask him that question, actually. And you can listen back to, to his answer, but no, it's not. He's just, he, he saw an advert somewhere all right uh, and yeah. he thought oh that'd be interesting and his whole thought process around writing is actually really interesting mm. um and he gives some really good advice at the end as well but um it's it's so amazing when you when i was reading the book that i literally felt like greg and Stu were my mates that's good and i kind of felt like i was with them it was like a, a relatability when you're reading to yeah it. absolutely i mean it brought out the the youthful um <laughs> nightmare 21 year old that I was um, and it, I kind of thought shit yeah I can totally relate to that because mm. if I did that I'd probably end up like that as well Yeah, and, and yeah it was so it, it's all very situation comedy but the dialogue that he writes and the way that he's written the dialogue it's so normal it's not like heavy reading it's really light reading but it's, re- it's, it's a book that you just won't want to put down and um, Barman I mean i if you listen back to the podcast uh, of the interview, you'll you'll understand. But I read Barman in five hours flat. Literally, I booked a day off to read it. <laughs> that's how that's how much I was waiting for that book. <laughs> that's weird. And literally, at the end, at the end of the book, I almost I, I was screaming at like With what, laughter. No, like what the hell has he done? Like what in terms of Rob, what he'd done in terms oh, okay. of the story, in the character progression, not yeah. like no, what's no, no, he done no, in no, terms just like of the ending. Book. He literally <laughs> ended it on this absolute nail biter, and I okay. was like, oh, "Holy crap!" And it's it's a lot darker than Meat Market. It's still funny, mm. but it starts to get darker as you get towards the ending. And honestly, I would absolutely urge anyone to go and get the free books that you can get from uh, Rob Radcliffe, Rob Radcliffe dot net or dot com. I think it's dot net. You can hear it properly on the on the additional episode, but yeah, I would absolutely love to have uh, regular people do it. Not people who have been in in films and who are seasoned actors, but people who are a bit clumsy, a little bit kind of awkward. That would make it so much more uh, watchable and relatable as well. Because the worst thing is watching a film where you've got people doing the doing the roles, and you think. Could never see you doing that normally. Yeah, if you weren't being paid a ludicrous amount. Yeah, and and that's not how I would envisage it. And then the TV show would just be, you know, a carry on from the film. Yeah, and they would bring in more characters because there are more characters in the books, more 
kind of peripheral secondary characters that you can bring in. Um, but but Rob will obviously he expands on that slightly in the additional podcast episode. So so listen to that. But yeah, honestly, it's absolutely fantastic. But he doesn't just do lad lit. He also wrote a sci-fi fantasy called The Divine. Okay. Which is basically a book about uh, the next step in evolution for humankind, mm. um, where they basically they get killed and then they come back to life and then they're immortal. Oh, They've right. got some sort of uh, some gene in them, and it just literally turns them immortal. And it focuses on uh, two youngsters and two two adults. Uh, I won't ruin it too much because you can hear a lot more about it in the additional podcast episode, uh, the interview with Rob. But it honestly it blew my mind. Mm. The amount of research that had gone into it was was phenomenal, and that sort of film would be a real big budget type film, and I could really kind of see, you know, the likes of. Um, I can't think of his name. Jamie Bell. I'd love to see Jamie Bell playing the lead male role. Okay. Um, and then I'd love to see uh, maybe a a young actress, um, a young English actress. I can't even name one off the top of my head. <laughs> Daisy Ridley. Men. Yeah, no, let's not. <laughs> um, but I, I'd love to see. I love my jokes. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'd love to see to see that because I think we could you could definitely have a couple of big budget actors playing that role. Yeah, because it's it's just one of those that you just think, Do you know what? Yeah, I could absolutely see that, absolutely see that. So um, that's cool. So yeah, he, you know, I, I love Divine. He's done eleven books so far that he said. Um, uh, one of them, Rant, which is a free book that you get, by the way, if you sign up on his website or on Amazon. <laughs> I feel like this is all just a, a ploy for you to sell his books. No. Do you know <laughs> Are what? you getting a cut? <laughs> I'm not getting anything, mate. But do you know what? I want people to read his stuff, not because, you know, we, we, we're sort of friends and I and I read yeah. his book. It's just I'm part of his little book. group. But because they are generally are great books. Mm. And if you like that sort of thing, go and get them. If you want to try something different, just go and get them. You know, they're free. What, what you got I mean? to lose? Well, yeah, well, exactly. What have you got to lose? But Rant is basically his blog posts put as a book, okay? And they are literally random as shit. It's hilarious, but mm. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it is great, and obviously listen to the interview uh, podcast episode as well because that is really good. Um, and we had a good laugh doing that as well, both before recording and after, which was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Meat Market as a and the whole series as a, a film and TV show because that would definitely, uh, I'd watch it. Yeah, I'd definitely. Um, it's definitely my. Sort I'd of watch thing. it then read the books. Yeah, or read the books first then watch it. Well, if you're coming from like a, a new person's perspective, if you're coming from a Ready Player One perspective, then I'll just I'll just watch the movie and be happy instead of spoiling it. <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, right, let's play <laughs> let's play a little bit of music and then um, we'll come back and we'll do. Uh, we'll do another one, and this is, this song is very tediously linked to uh, to a book that was a film, um, and it's uh, it's by Deep Blue Something. You'll say we've got nothing in common, no common ground to start from. Falling apart You'll say The world has come between us Our lives have come between us Still I know you just don't 
That was Deep Blue Something with Breakfast at Tiffany's, which was actually a book when you were like, I didn't know that was a book. No. I didn't know that the world's best uh, Christmas film was a book as well, Die Hard. Mm. But it was. It was a book. So many things. All I know, based right? on books. Forrest Gump. It's just because it's an easy transition, isn't it? It's like Unless you're Steven Spielberg and you ruin Ernest Cline's great work. But anyway, if you want to hear what I really think, you can listen back to the podcast <sighs> on Ready Player One. This guy. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. This guy This right guy here. gives you something to do on a Monday evening. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, <laughs> I don't have to agree with everything. No, you don't. Absolutely not, you don't. <laughs> It'd be boring if you did. Exactly. Um, yeah, so, your turn again. So, a book so, that you want to see as a film. As, fil- as far as films go, I'm, like, I'm missing some of the good old historical stuff. Yeah. Uh, I generally really love... Um, medieval uh, periods, uh, and especially like if you get the uh, extended edition, Kingdom uh, of Heaven is yeah. really, really good. Uh, the original theatrical cut is not so good. It is a bit poor um, purely because there's loads of cuts. Uh, a lot of the story doesn't make sense and things like that. But generally, um, medieval period is my favorite. And uh, I read a book recently. Uh, I think it was... Uh, I'm gonna forget the name of the author but um i'm pretty sure it might have been bernard cornwell i'm not sure but it was uh it was um azincourt uh the it's all about the battle of azincourt uh and the sort of uh historical it's it's semi-fictional but based on the historical events okay. so everything historically happens um but it takes place with a fictional character who is basically just a longbowman um, See, whenever because, whenever i'll just cut you off just there yeah. whenever anyone says fictional character I always think of a Kevin Smith film where he goes, fictional characters. I can't think which one it is. <laughs> oh, I think I it's, is it Jane Silent Bob? Uh, yeah, it is that. And it's, it's and like, what part of this don't you understand? They're fictional that's characters. Right. Yeah, it is Jane Silent Bob because yeah. they're talking about Blunt Man and Chronic. That's it. Yeah, yeah and it's um, Ben Affleck yeah. who's doing it, isn't he? Yeah. And he's like miming something with his hands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, go on, carry on. But yeah, it's it's based around this sort of uh he's basically a criminal that 
um, is inducted into the uh, soldiering force uh, of the king. Um, he develops his longbow skills and goes to France to fight. Um, he takes part in the siege of uh, Soissons, uh, as well as um, basically going to Azincourt, where uh, the famous battle take place uh, takes place, where basically the longbows beat the uh, mounted cavalry uh, mm-hmm. of a larger force, of a larger French force. Go on. <laughs> Go on, England. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's just generally... Um, it makes it a personal journey rather than a um, just a history lesson. A bit like all the classics, like Gladiator takes a personal uh, look at you know Rome and everything like that. And I generally just don't understand why we don't see more yeah. of this sort of thing because not only is it semi-educational, it's also just um, it's really. It's really difficult not to do well unless you've not got the budget for it. It's pretty much how I'd put it. Okay. Yeah. And so who would you cast in it then? Who would you have if you could? Um, I would probably, for a director, I'd probably go safe and say someone like Ridley Scott. Uh, for the actual character itself, for the main guy. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, uh, is this... Richard Madden? Yeah, what, from Game of Thrones? Yeah, that played played Rob Stark. Rob Stark, yeah. Yeah. He seems to be getting quite a few roles, actually. He was, to be fair, I would put him better than, uh, you know, nothing Jon Snow. Yeah. Kit Harington. Yeah, I do. I actually prefer... Richard Madden. Richard Madden, yeah. I do too, but uh, that's just... I think they got the the actors mixed up, because they look very, very similar. I think they just got (laughs) mixed up when they were cast, and was like, yeah, you'll do. Yeah, but either way, they um they both got the roles and but yeah, Richard Madden I think would do well. Uh, I'd like to see him in something a bit gruffer than what he's been recently yeah. doing. Like he's been doing a lot of sort of prince work or bodyguard work with a uh, the uh, you know uh, posh English accent yeah. and things. And I'd just like to throw him into a more sort of medieval. Uh, I know he'd probably see it as like oh, is this just going to be another Game of Thrones role? But it's more historical-based, yeah. obviously, and um, generally taking a look at uh, the side of a life that you don't really get to see much of. Uh, and I think Ridley Scott tried to attempt this with Robin Hood, but the producers and the executives and everyone like just turned what could have been a great uh, movie, which was Robin Hood with Russell Crowe, and they turned it and made it kind of cruddy because the original concepts that were coming out of the woodworks for his original vision was a uh, murder mystery okay with the robin hood character uh where robin hood plays both the sheriff of nottingham and robin hood uh you know that would be good the twist is at the very end it's revealed that the sheriff who is russell crowe's character is robin hood uh, and he's been sort of like trying to you know take one step ahead of the people that are investigating the murders yeah and everything, but yeah. See now that that would be clever. Yeah, that would be clever. I haven't asked me. I haven't seen the new one, but then it'll always be the new one's it. very generic. Yeah, it's it's one of Ridley Scott's like weakest. I think recently, uh, I just um, you know, it's it's in, you watch it once and you're like, oh, that was that was good. Some of the performances are better than others. Uh, Mark Strong's in it. Uh, Love Mark Strong. Really good in that. Uh, as is Oscar Isaacs as yeah. uh, Prince John. 
and they both knock it out of the park. But Russell Crowe's accent is all over the place. It will be. He's an Aussie. Yeah, but he he goes Welsh and he goes Scottish and like there are other random accents that he throws in there and it just doesn't make sense. Um, and there are supporting actors to his that would probably have been better suited to just generally being Robin Hood. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. But yeah, um, back on track. Back on yeah. track. We always we always just randomly go off, don't we? Generally, uh, I've read a lot of books by Bernard Cornwell. He does a lot of the sort of uh, historical um, historical semi fiction, uh, and uh, yeah, anything by him, I think, is uh, it's it's due to be released as a movie. Yeah, because he's got that sort of level of uh, quality in his writing. Russell Crowe's uh, a Kiwi, not an Aussie. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's a Kiwi, not an Aussie. <laughs> yeah. But he's lived all his life in Australia, but he's actually a New Zealand citizen. So Did not know that. No, I thought he was an Aussie as well. But then they all sound the same anyway. Yeah, it's a bloodbath. Yeah. But they're, yeah. They're, they're all descendants from criminals. Crumps. From criminals from England. So. Did you know the Australian accent was formed from uh, uh, like a uh, drunk slur? Was it really? Yeah, it's just a continual drunk slur that's been... Uh, was that because of the Fosters? <laughs> yeah, Fosters. <laughs> you wouldn't want a weir- uh, warm beer, would you? Uh, oh, we're yeah. stereotyping. I love Australia, though. I love yeah. Aussies and Kiwis. I think they're amazing. Um, so we are only taking the piss. Not, yeah. we, we don't mean any harsh. They've pride. got thick skin. They'll be fine. Yeah. Unless it's one of those unique ones that doesn't have thick skin and is really sensitive. An Australian SJW. No. <laughs> I was about to say what, like, most of the SJWs out there. Yeah, but they're not all Australian, I don't think. No, predominantly they're American. Hi. Another little stereotype just being thrown out there. Yeah, Let, well. Let's get back on track. Back on uh, track. What about you for books? So, um, <laughs> the next one I everyone. want to talk about is it's a book series because um, I never just read a single book on its own. I always read a, a, a book that has series in it. Hmm. Um, and it's a series of books uh, by an author called Michael Scott. Uh, not that one. This is a different Michael Scott. And okay. uh, the books all centre around Nicholas Flamel. So I think those... you've told me about this. Uh, this is from the, the last... Obviously the last <laughs> show, but it's it's basically a, a set of books around... It's centred around Nicholas Flamel, who, if you guys out there don't know who Nicholas Flamel is, it's, it's long thought that he is an immortal because his grave in Paris is empty. Um, and... Uh, he, if you've read Harry Potter or you've watched Harry Potter, then you'll know that Nicholas Flamel is mentioned twice in the Philosopher's Stone because it's long thought that he was uh, a very ahead of his time alchemist. And the the title of the first book is called The Alchemist. I think um, he's actually in the newest uh, Curious Beasts or whatever. The yeah, he's meant, yeah, he's got a more prominent role in that because that's set before. It's a yeah. prequel. Hey. Prequel. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, so it's centred around uh, Nicholas Flamel and uh, a brother and sister who um, there's a, an old prophecy from uh, a character called Abraham the Mage where you will have um, two a set of twins and they have a gold and silver aura mm-hmm. and they will they will either save the world or destroy it. One will save and one will destroy it. And uh, Flamel has lived his life around this and it's based around it's based around him finding these two twins who are gold and silver and following them on a journey um that are, they're being chased by by evil who want to use them for to, to destroy the world yeah um and it links into greek gods egyptian gods 
and it follows. There's so many different books. You've got um, Necromancer in there. It's very magic-y, mystical magic-y. Um, mm. it's, a, it's an amazing set of books. I was absolutely hooked when I first read them. I mean, I'm going back, I don't know, probably about five years when I first when I read The Alchemist. Yeah. And it's been in production for five years. Um, a, a film company bought the rights to the books uh, and has has it listed on IMDb as pre-production, uh, which it has been f- since it was purchased uh, back in 2013, I think, 2014, maybe 2012. One of those. Um, and it's Hopefully been in pre-production. St- but stuck in development. Hell. It always will be, I think. I think it's just one of those because it's such a great... It's such a great read for those who love fantasy and those who love, you know, magic and those who um, are very much into Harry Potter. Mm. It's very, it's very much a Harry Potter-like set of books, but it's better written. You know, there's a series of books that I will never remember that I read a, a full series of. I cannot remember the title. I cannot remember the author that did them. But they were so good, and it was all about like alternate dimensions, and like, okay. and it's it wasn't just the standard sort of oh I'm going to a different Earth. It was like no, I'm going to a world that is basically a hundred percent water, and when I get there, I like develop gills and like can swim underwater, and then I'll go to another planet that's like mainly forest, and like I'll develop like a tail and claws and stuff. Okay, wow, that's. That sounds it, well far out there. It's it was really weird, and I'm not sure if I dreamed the books or whether I read them. But well, like, if you dreamt them, yeah, then 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 write that shit down and copyright it. Yeah, but no, it was it was really cool because there was just so many interesting things. Um, but one of the series of books similar to what you were saying uh, that I did read uh, that was attempted uh, to be turned into a movie was the Darren Shan Vampire Chronicles. Okay, I've heard of that. Yeah, um, I think we talked a little bit on the show that we uh, didn't get to record or we recorded like 15 minutes of. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it was uh, basically, it's centred around this character uh, called Darren Shan, who is also the name of the author. Uh, So it's probably like a fancy of his to be in this. Um, but it's really cool. It's obviously takes him from childhood all the way to sort of adulthood, uh, and his journey in becoming like a vampire lord. And these aren't the sort of standard sort of um, Twilight esque vampires that uh, has become so horribly popular recently. Yeah. Um, these are the sort of classic vampires, uh, but they still have moral centers uh, in this storyline. Uh, the whole conflict is centered around whether you should kill the humans that you're drinking uh, blood from or whether you just take a partial amount and leave them alive uh and it's got a bit of sort of um you know uh time travel-esque points to it as well uh okay. where deals are made with uh much higher powers in order to go back and erase certain events that happened uh and yeah, it's it's really interesting read, and they did try it. Uh, they did try to make it into a movie, but they cast John C. Riley uh, as like a serious role. Yeah, he and it just didn't he work. Just doesn't, it doesn't work. He's one of those people. You, you, he was cast in Gangs of New York as a serious yeah. role, and I can't take him seriously. No, I watched that actually quite recently, and I just couldn't yeah. take him seriously. It's just one of those things. Uh, but then I couldn't take Mad Eye Moody mm. seriously either. But, yeah, you know. Um, 
but yeah, no, I, I would love to see the Michael Scott book, books done as mm. uh, as, as films. I, do you know, I don't even know who I would have um, in them, to be honest. I don't even know who I would have. It's one of those things that, with a lot of these books, it's sort of a, a vague face in your head up until you're probably a casting director and you see the perfect person for it and they yeah. audition and you know it. Yeah, so uh, the, the the name of the six books, okay, so you've got The Alchemist, The Magician, The Sorceress, The Necromancer, The Warlock, and The Enchantress. So there's mm. six books in the series, and each one focuses on the, the title. So The Alchemist is Nicholas Flamel. Yeah. I won't ruin the others, um, but needless to say that when you get to the end of the book, uh, towards, the, I'd say, the middle of The Enchantress at the end, everything just falls into place. All those little loose... Um, ends that you thought, oh, how are they going to do that? They literally just magically turn up. Mm. And it is unbelievable. Um, it, it, it's fantastical, is, is how I would say it. Um, or if I was Christopher Eccleston, fantastic. Uh, That's weird. <laughs> well, he's, it's Doctor Who and you hate Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, You can know. hear more of that on last <laughs> week's episode. Um, but yeah, I would love to see them as a book, uh, as a film. Because mm. I know they're in pre-production. I mean, I was just... I'd love to see them go the Harry Potter route because I think they would be brilliant and they would kind of bring all of that um, that kind of fantasy world back to life again. Mm. And I think it'd be lovely to see something that's not Harry Potter but magic and uh, science-y based because there's a lot of science in the books as well, which would be great because you don't really have many films that are science-y. No, you don't. Um, the only books that i remember that were kind of sciencey were the um dan brown novels yeah and that was still kind of a, a pseudo science where it like was half correct and then it went completely waffly and crazy are you talking about the religious part no i was talking about like the angels and demons they got the uh uh cern generate uh yeah. super collider generator thing and then they had this weird like semi-god particle thing yeah, that uh, like destroyed the sky well there something. is actually a god particle isn't there yeah but I don't yeah. think it would destroy the sky like how they like describe, how they describe it. yeah but every, everything has a little bit of fantasy yeah. attached to it but but yeah it, it would be nice to have a more sciencey based um, film series I think <laughs> would be good mm. but then it wouldn't it, they definitely wouldn't work as TV shows going on a <laughs> Going off on uh, a bit of a side note here, I uh, went on YouTube and uh, one of the recommendations was the Angels and Demons movie scene where Ewan McGregor, uh, spoiler alert, sets himself on fire. Brilliant. And the uh, top comment was by Anakin Skywalker going, yeah, it hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the higher ground now, bitch? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I uh, can understand why that That's actually top. quite hilarious. Um, yeah. And speaking of YouTube, we actually are on YouTube as well. Yeah. So you can actually find uh, at the moment there's three show, four shows on there. You've got the two Disney shows, uh, Game of Thrones, and uh, the Harry Potter one is is on there at the moment. So you can just uh, you can find us film like, subscribe, and click on that bell for the notifications. Yeah. Um, there's only four oh. on there, but you can just have a look. And yeah. as always, we're on Twitter and Facebook. You can find us on there. Um, but yeah, let's just play. I wanted to shoehorn this uh, this song in um, mm. because it is it is from a film that was a book, okay. uh, the Blues Brothers. But oh. I think because of recent uh, the recent passing of somebody, I think it's only fair that that we pay our own uh, R E S P E C T.
So a little bit of uh, Aretha Franklin there from the Blues Brothers, which again was a book. Yeah, uh, the amount of films, the amount of films that were books is ridiculous. Yeah, either that or they're based on books under a different name and they've yeah. just changed it. Yeah, so it's it's crazy. Well, I mean, one of the most popular ones is uh, Blade Runner. Yeah, um, what's it? Dreaming of? No, no, it's like, uh, do dream? do robots dream of sheep? That's it. Yeah, do androids dream of sheep? Yeah. So now I'm going to have to Google that just to make sure that I've actually got that, that think, reference right. I think right. You're near enough there, but yeah. So I think it is. Yeah, do Android dream of electric sheep? Electric sheep. There we go, electric sheep. So close enough. With the sequel uh, being Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> and the, the other one being uh, Take You Down to Electric Avenue. Yeah. Oh. Speaking of which, Blade Runner 2049. That was super good. I don't know if you saw it yet. I've seen it. I wasn't blown away by it. I really, really loved it. I, 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 my issue is Ryan Gosling. Is it a personal thing? I just don't like. See, ever since I've seen, (laughs) did you get La La Land flashbacks? Yes, I did. I got La La Land flashbacks. Ever since he did that film, he's kind of dead to me. Oh no! um... And every everything is about Ryan Gosling and uh, and him, and he's overrated. I'm sorry, but he is, mm. he's overrated. Me personally, because I didn't, uh, 
well, I didn't sit through all of La La Land. I did walk out, uh, and I think the Blade Runner sort of restored some of his credibility uh, back back to him. Um, but I really enjoyed it. And I mean, it was a good it was film. A... Don't get me wrong; it was um, visually spectacular. Yeah, but I, I also like the character development of. There was a lot more um, character development, yeah. but also I think the story arc was a lot stronger than mm. the original yeah, Blade Runner. Definitely. Um, and I think they've learned a couple of valuable lessons from the original Blade Runner when they've done that. But it was it's nice still a good film, though. It was nice to see Jared Leto without any face tats or uh, metal grills. Uh, can <laughs> we just skip over that comment? Because I will literally <laughs> rant just on that, and I really yeah. can't be asked. So books. Books, yes. Lots um, of words in them. Lots of words in them, absolutely. So the last, the last set that I want to talk about are from um, an author called Peter F. Hamilton. Okay. Um, not, I mean, his work is is amazing, and he's done some fabulous, fabulous work. Uh, but I started reading one of his books called Pandora's Star. Um, not so long ago, actually, to be perfectly honest, uh, a couple of years ago. And it's uh, from there onwards, you've kind of got a whole set of books that are set around um, like a a space frontier final frontier type oh uh, space. No. It's, like, it's like a space opera as such cool. so you've got the commonwealth the human commonwealth which is spread out across the universe and um it's all about these guys that have created a way of traveling instantaneously so the beginning of, of, of pandora's star is you've got this guy called ozzy and he and no, no. um and, and, he's still alive. He's, he's still alive, and he's basically that they they sent a manned mission to Mars. And okay, this, yeah. this astronaut is on Mars, and Ozzy steps out of his little wormhole and was like, "How you doing? You all right?" And they start freaking out. That he he's would. managed to kind of create a wormhole to Mars, when they've spent like six months sending someone there in a spaceship. Yeah. So it all it goes from there, and you've got uh, you've got big bad. Evils. You've got a, a network, um, which is like an AI on artificial intelligence that people yeah. can link into um, and communicate, etc. And it just follows um, a, a story about these um, these two stars that are hidden. Basically, they're they're covered in a shell and they don't know what's in it. Okay. So they they go, um, and then then it kind of follows on from there. And you've got people being murdered. And pe- rich people can. Uh, can clone themselves and become youthful again and live their younger lives again and so on and so forth. Uh, and it just kind of goes from there. And then you've got the Void trilogy, uh, which is about this this binary system that's hidden in this like translucent shell. Yeah. Um, and it's all set around there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's all kind of working on a higher plane of existence, really. It, they are fantastic books. They're really sci-fi, really fantastical. It's trippy. Um, it sounds a bit like Space Odyssey. Very similar, yeah. Um, very, very similar. But they're they're hefty books. They're very hard reading, very hard going. But I would love to see them <laughs> as I'd love to see them as a sort of Star Warsy type film. But we'll keep um, Mr. Johnson as far away from them as physically possible, uh, and Daisy Ridley as <clears> well. We'll yeah, keep her as I mean, far away as possible as well. Um, n- not that we're obviously being horrible because she's female, <laughs> but she's just awful. There's a difference between yeah okay let's get away from the whole uh, yeah. gender um, but thing. but yeah I would love to see them as a as a full on space opera as the original trilogy of Star Wars was 
mm. which was a space opera as such. So I'd love to see them take Peter F. Hamilton's books and go down that route because you've got um, you've got Pandora's Star, um, then you've got Judas Unchained, which is they come in a two part book, and they're called okay. the Commonwealth Saga. And then you've got um, the three void books. So you've got the temporal void, the evolutionary void. So six altogether, yeah. Um, and you've got uh, I can't I can't think um, the dreaming void as okay. well. So you've got the three void books, the void trilogy, uh, and then it leads on into Manhattan in Reverse, uh, Great North Road, and the Abyss. The Abyss, the Abyss Beyond Dreams. Mm. So all of those books tie into this Commonwealth um, kind of universe as such. It's very much um, Harry Potter in terms of you've got the Harry Potter books, yeah. and then you've got Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, mm-hmm. but they're not kind of going into the past. They're all moving forward, so they're all going into the future. Each book is either if it's in a, a trilogy then they're in the same time era but if they're not they're kind of 100 200 300 500 years in the future wow. so they're not like then the very next day there are yeah. a couple of hundred years where time has moved on technology has progressed people's views have changed um it's very 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 sciencey there's a lot of research he's clearly done on um technology that's just being produced at the moment that um that's being trialed and he's kind of taken that and run with it effectively. So I'd love to see them as a full on space opera because that would just be amazing because I think it would blow people's minds. I mean, it's, it's kind of a mix of star Wars and avatar um, with all the different aliens and the different species Mm. that you've got on the different planets. And, you know, you've got terminals where you can only go so far um, and then you have to take a different terminal. Like they're like they're like bus shuttles, basically. They shuttle you between planets and so on and so forth. It's <laughs> I was going to say bus shuttles mental. are a thing now, <laughs> but you know what I mean. They they, yeah. they take you between different planets, planets and, and, stuff. and within within that is Earth as the the center where you've got the police forces and you've got corrupt officials. Mm. You've got people that are embezzling not embezzling money, but they're embezzling knowledge. Okay. Um, strange concept and they can turn themselves off of the network and they can hide from them and they can also jump into a different plane of existence as well mm. which is when when it gets to that part and I'm kind of like holy shit this is actually awesome okay. um, it's it, it's totally trippy totally space opera totally Star Wars meets Avatar with probably a splash of any other um, alien thing films you can find except Aliens, obviously, because it's not, they're not, well, there are, there is killing in it. There is a lot of murder and uh, and stuff and it's a bit minority report-ish as well. Okay, yeah. A bit minority report-ish as well. Um, fantastic, absolutely fantastic set of books. Um, I would love to see them come up as, as films, but they would need to be big budget mm. just because of the detail that that Peter F. Hamilton goes into. They would need to be. Big budget, uh, CG, very CGI heavy, very CGI heavy. A bit like uh, Interstellar. Yes, yeah, but you wouldn't, sort of you wouldn't need to have the same characters in each film because each book very rarely has the same character. The only constant is Ozzy, who creates the wormhole, and his partner, whose name I forget. Um, they're the only two constants. I was going to say Doc Brown. Uh. No, um, but they're the only two 
constants within the books. Everything else Great changes. Scott. Yeah. So, uh, so I'd love to see. Let's say if there are any film companies that want to take some books uh, and uh, turn them into films, then we've given <laughs> you plenty to do. Uh, I mean, like they they don't need our help in terms of. Well, they do because they <sighs> look. Well, let's not just let's just not get onto it. All right. Let's just not get onto it. It's just um, one of those things. They're gonna is. they're gonna keep picking the movies that they think will work until they don't, and then they'll change their attitude. But or they'll they'll just take a series of films and milk that cash cow for all it's worth. Yeah, which is ridiculous. I mean, they do that with everything, but yeah, yeah it's because they're lazy and boring and it's, it's predictable. Safe. It's but safe it's not even them. safe anymore. Not really. I mean, they're remaking Halloween again. Yeah, I saw like, that. How many it's... times can you remake that film? Like just a... just leave it the hell alone. Eventually, he's going to run out of ways to kill people and it'll just be him sitting in like a, a Tesco's in a new it'll, job. It'll, it'll be, just doing something that he's not be, done before. It'll be him, Jason, Freddy Krueger, <laughs> sitting in a room going, where the fuck did we go wrong? Murderers Anonymous. They're just like in rehab and they're like, you know what? I don't even feel joy anymore, do see, I? I'd pay to see that. Yeah. Little... Just them three talking out their problems. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jason. Thirty days sober. Thirty days not killing anybody. Yeah, I was drowned in a lake. I was burned alive. And Michael Myers just not talking. Yeah. Anyway, so that brings us to the end of the show. Um, we hope you've enjoyed it. It's been something a little bit different. Mm. So uh, next week we'll go back to our our norm. What do you want to do next week? I mean. Anything, <laughs> anything. Uh, we can we can choose something interesting that will never be, you know, redone before. Or yeah, well, there's loads that we can do. We'll, we'll craft something loads. original. Yeah, if you've got any ideas for us that you you want us to cover, though, just uh, shoot us a DM on Twitter or on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and uh, and let us know. Find us on Instagram as well. You can find us there. Yeah. But just get in touch, let us know. Or, and if you do like what you hear, then hit the subscribe button on our website as well, filmandtvshow.podiant.co. Uh, hit subscribe and you can get all of our back catalogue, all 57 episodes prior to this one um, as well. And find us on YouTube. Mm. And that's it. That's another show done. So I will uh, bid you adieu and, uh, and we'll see you see you next week. See you then. There is one more thing. It's been emotional. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the chocolate room. your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination.
will begin with a spin traveling in the world of my creation what we'll see will defy explanation Want to view paradise? Simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do it. Want to change the world? There's nothing to it. I know to compare with pure imagination Living there you'll be free If you truly wish to be If you truly 